Brady. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. that time again you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network and i am just happy to be back in the valley and of course we were at the super bowl of course we were there in the city of tampa and we were partaking in a number of the events that happened uh this past weekend but the number one thing that happened that america and the world got a chance to enjoy was probably one of the greatest Super Bowls, without a doubt, that was ever played. And for all of those like myself who just remember the way it got started, we got to start. We got to start this show like that. I just want to take you back. I want you to feel it like I felt it. So we're going to start it off like this. If you ain't ready to play some football after that happens, I don't know what in the world. If something's got to be wrong with you, you've got to be crazy. You should have never played football. You should have never tried out for football. Man, the game had to live up to it. She set the tone. Oh, my God. The way I wanted to play. 
I haven't played football for almost 15, 20 years, and I was ready to play football. I mean, I was nervous. I mean, I felt goosebumps. You know, you hear Big Ben talk about being nervous. Somebody like that makes you nervous. People always say, well, I don't want to follow that up. Man, I'm telling you, that was something to follow up. And, you know, she has set the tone. I mean, that's just it. You know, the way the game was played, everything up to the game, it it just set the tone. You had to expect a great football game. And I'm just here to say today that it lived up to the song that she sang, the national anthem. She set the tone. The game lived up to it. It was worth the ticket. The ratings proved it. And Santonio Holmes walks away with the most valuable player and the Pittsburgh Steelers win. The only thing that's sad to some people out there is the Arizona Cardinals did not win. Because I am telling you, based upon what I saw, either one of those teams could have won that game yesterday and nobody should have been mad. They truly played football the way the game should be played. I was looking for a a, a Reggie White moment to come where a a defensive lineman was going to come in and make two sacks in a row. But it, but it didn't happen. But, but, but somebody did step up and make some great catches, and, and Ben was able to improvise and make things happen. And, and Santonio was catching passes and, and adding some you know, yak yards to it. And then to get his toes down, and he did get his toes down. He got his toes down. That was a great football game. Man, and we got to wait all the way until next season perhaps maybe see another football game like that because that's the next time we'll have another Super Bowl. But a friend of mine once told me a long time ago that the next best thing to playing the game and winning is playing the game and losing. And to many of you, that's a terrible constellation. But I'm going to tell you what, the Arizona Cardinal football team should be so proud of the way they play. I mean, I am emotional about it myself. I am just so happy for that, for the team, for the players on the team, for their families. You know, there were many people who, for whatever reason, I don't know, it was so disgusting for somebody to think that somebody who made it to the Super Bowl didn't deserve to be there. They deserve to be there. They showed you that they deserve to be there. They showed you that they deserve to win. But only one team can win. This is not horseshoes I don't even know hey I know one thing for sure you can't tie in the Super Bowl so we knew there was going to be one person that was going to leave that game victorious and they did and I, I, I am I am proud of the Pittsburgh Steelers for them coming out and, and playing the football game the way of which in which they did I mean they gave it everything they had in the studios a couple weeks ago we had our man fishing here and we were talking about the young man Harrison and how he was overlooked and became an MVP of the National Football League, undrafted, became the MVP. And he shows you what they mean by giving all you have on one particular play, probably the greatest play, single play, in Super Bowl history, that single play. Because he covered the entire distance of the football field. It wasn't he just, you know, got in and ran straight. He ran around some people. He jumped over some people. You know, he lunged into the end zone at the end, you know, and he fell out because he truly gave everything he had. This is the year where we should all feel good about the fact that football players, football teams have been given everything they had. With the exception, we did have one team 
that didn't give it all it had, I'm sure, because you could at least win one football game if you do your best at all times. And so collectively, they didn't all do their best. But this Super Bowl victory, wow, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they took it to a new level. They now have six. Nobody else has six. They're all by themselves. And so what's going to happen now? Are the Cowboys going to get six? Uh, We don't know that. But we know they have six. And I'm telling you, that sixth one was just fantastic. It, it was just, it was out of sight, you know. And, and, and people will, again, will talk about this game forever. The Arizona Cardinals, those football, that team, when they see people years from now, 25 years from now, people can still be talking to me about the drive. And that was just an AFC championship game? This is a Super Bowl? 95 million people watched it? It'll take them a number of lifetimes before all the 95 million people that watched it get a chance to see these guys. So wherever they go in, it, in this world, somebody's going to say, man, I remember Super Bowl 43. Wow. If I see him and you bumping, you know, the fellows get together. But I just wanted to know, I, I'm just so proud. I'm just so happy. Oh, man. I, and the national anthem again, I got to say that again, because everything, everything came together. It was everything was just so right. It was just so perfect. The weather was perfect. The weather was perfect. Everything, very few mistakes. The Cardinals had a, a lot of penalties early in the game. And you can't you just can't make those kind of mistakes and expect to win a football game. You know, there are certain tendencies that when you look and, and, and you measure and you add up and, and you look at the things that you did to hurt yourself, to prevent you from winning the football game, they come back to haunt you. So there were some things that, uh, you know, categorically you look at it, you can't do this, you can't turn the ball over, you can't have penalties, you got to make tackles, you know, you got to pay attention when you're on the sideline, you know, and, and uh, Antoine Rowe, oh, you know, uh, on the sidelines, guys, we, we, we all want to be in the game, but sometimes when in the game means you got to pay attention to where you are on the field. And you can't put yourself at a disadvantage or your teammates at a disadvantage because you're too close to the sideline, even the ball, even though the ball has already passed you. Because you got somebody, you know, like Larry Fitzgerald, who's never going to give up on the play, period. And he's going to realize that, you know what, I better turn up another gear because it looks like he could score. And that's what happened. And wow. Rose just was looking at the play. But there are some things that you do, again, I, I'm saying there's things that you do and mistakes that you make that cost you the game. And, and, I, and I think perhaps maybe that's what could have cost the Arizona Cardinals the football game. It's just some of the mistakes that they made. It, it was hard to overcome some of the st- mistakes that they made. But they played a hell of a football game. A hell of a football game. Listen, if you would like to join me, you certainly can call and, uh, and join in on this conversation. But I, I know myself. I don't know if I'll ever forget that football game. I'm sure that's a football game in which I will always talk to people about. Uh, I'm sure people will talk about it, you know, at the drinking fire. I know they're talking about it now. There are some people who right now who's talking about this football game and who will never stop talking about this football game. Uh, I have someone on the line with me, you know, someone who represents the Arizona Cardinals very well during his playing days and continues to represent the Arizona Cardinals well here on Voice America Sports. Kwame Lasseter, Kwame, man, I know you have to be proud of the game uh, that your team, your former team, play. Yeah, I am, Ray. Thanks for taking my call. But I am proud of the Arizona Cardinals. And you know what? I, I agree with you. That was one of the better football games of, and, and Super Bowl games, I might add, 
that we've seen, that I've seen in a long time ago. So I'm proud of the Arizona Cardinals being here in Arizona, being in the Valley, of what they only did for themselves and, and what they did for the Valley itself. The organization, I think they've, they've now have a platform to take steps in the right direction. But what I wanted to ask you was, you know, again, they did a lot to win and lose that game. But I think, what you what you think the referees, what kind of part they played in that? And I know it's a tough game to referee. You can referee a little league game, and it's still going to be tough. But it was a hit on Ben Roethlisberger made by Dockett. But I think it was just time and momentum. I didn't think that was a late hit. Or you can add the um, the celebration by San Antonio Holmes in the end zone. Now, I'm not taking anything away from what Pittsburgh did. They obviously have a dominant defense. And the two overturned calls that Wizard Hunt throws the flag and he gets calls overturned. What, what was going on? What did they see or didn't see that we saw? Well, you know, the fact that he was successful twice, that gave him one of his challenges back, I believe. And But also, you know, I just, I, I hate that you have to do that because some things seem so obvious right. to to the fans. And then again, you know, we got instant replay and all that stuff, so they seem so obvious to us. Uh, but you, you think about all the calls and all the plays that go on in the game, and the referees do a pretty good job of getting the majority of them right. But I, I'm going to answer that. You know, we, when you hear that music, Kwame, we got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back with our, our guest calling, Kwame Lasseter, after this message. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my man Kwame Lasseter on the phone with me. And Kwame, uh, I know before we went to break, we started to talk a little bit about the calls. And I, I know, uh, you know, Tomlin, he, he always said, listen, man, I haven't addressed the uh, the officials before. I don't want to address them now. And I think that was last week's game. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, AFC Championship game. But I, I, I will say this, at least from my perspective, I thought that the call in particular, on I think it was Dockett. When he did hit Ben, you know, when they slowed it down, it looked like it could have been late. But when you looked at it real time, it was like, oh, wow, I couldn't believe they made that call, you know, because, it, no, it, it didn't look like it was a late hit to me. Right, because, you know, you got a, two aggressive defenses playing out there, and this is a Super Bowl. It's a bigger stage than, you know, a regular game, a regular in-season game. Both defenses playing aggressive. You can't slow. You can't ask them not to play records. You can't ask them to slow their game down. And referees – those referees were selected for that game because they've done a great job all year. And, again, I say referee, uh, refereeing is a hard job. But you got those guys out there. They have to prepare for that stuff. And, and when a coach – and going back to the uh, challenges, when a coach have to overturn, throw his flag to get two calls overturned, and it's something they're missing because we have instant replay. Then you have to go back and thank God for instant replay. Or the Cardinals would have been down 7-zip in the first drive. Yeah, well, well, the instant replay, I believe that instant replay was used because of the challenge, right? Right, yeah, they have to go. Right, yeah, right, yeah, and so that's of, right, because otherwise, uh, you're right, that would have made a difference in the score as well. But, uh, you know, you and I know, holding as an example, you know, when Big Ben went on the safety. Now, they called holding, but it was obvious. I thought it was about three people that were holding on that safety. But then again, holding could be called just about every play in the NFL. Exactly. You can call that every play in the National Football League. But, again, it was a great game. Uh, I think the Cardinals came out and played. They they looked poor the whole way through, being their first time in the Super Bowl. But you got to credit that to uh, most of their veteran guys up there who come down, starting with the leadership of uh, Kurt Warner. Kwame, let me ask you something. You know, talking about leadership and understanding, you know, being, keeping your head in the game, and I, and I think on the broadcast, I think they certainly missed it. It wasn't something until later on in the evening that they actually started showing the fact that Roe was, you know, in the zone, you know, in, in the white where he shouldn't have been. Uh, I mean, what do you think about when something like that happens? And Trey, I think uh, you got. I think you got to keep your head in the game. You got. You have to be uh, uh, conscious of what's going on, or when you're gonna call, or where you are on the field, or where you are off the field. But you still have to focus on the game. I think that's just uh, undisciplined on his part, pretty much. Yeah, how long was it before? I mean, I, I don't recall them on the broadcast, you know, showing it right away. I, I mean, I think that was an after-the-game thing where they really started focusing on that. It was. And, they, you know, it did a lot of things like 
they focus on quite a few things after the game, like the celebration by uh, San Antonio Holmes. I didn't see that during the game until after the game when they showed him doing that uh, excessive celebrating. But, uh, do, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. During the game, you didn't see a lot of that stuff. But when it was all said and done, you could focus on a lot of things, like yeah. hindsight having twenty twenty anyway. Right, right. But I thought, uh, in particular, though, you know, when when you think about the play and which role, I mean, we we know how, how fast Larry Fitzgerald can run. And there's no doubt that he would have made a touchdown-saving tackle. If Roe is out of the way, and, um, yeah, he got, he got his own guy in the way. If Roe is out of the way, he makes that tackle um, that James, on an interception for a touchdown. He makes that play. Right. He can run. Now let me ask you: uh, When you watched the game, was there any other any play in particular where you think, in particular, let's speak from the Cardinals' perspective, you being a former Cardinal, where they wish they had that play over again, and it was you know monumental in terms of them not winning the game? Was there one play in particular that sticks out in your mind where they wish they could have done it a little bit different? There is, and actually, it's uh, it's right before the play. I tell you this: the corn toss. I don't want to defer to the second half. I want to get my offenses in a rhythm. Right before the start, they have a high-power offense. A lot of their players routes take time. And uh, let me get my offense in the rhythm. So I would take that back if I was the Arizona Cardinals, and I would take the ball and march down the field instead of letting the Pittsburgh Steelers march down the field. That way you have the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense on the field. And by the fourth quarter, who knows? Maybe these guys are tired. Maybe they've been on the field longer than they normally have throughout the year. So I would I would take that back and take the t- corn toss and – uh, receive the ball. Let me ask him, do you think that that, uh, that Ken was playing mind games with Big Ben on the other side, knowing that Big Ben had been nervous in a previous Super Bowl and even acknowledged it, and and the fact that, okay, he he won the toss, and he says, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the hands in, in, in the ball in the hands of Ben, and I'm going to send my aggressive defense after him. Do you think he was playing a head game with Ben right there? You know what, Ray, he could have been because, Ben made it uh, known all week that he hasn't lost a butterfly since the uh, Super Bowl in Seattle against against Seattle in Detroit. That he was nervous, he couldn't shake the uh, butterflies out of his stomach. So, and that could be a possibility that he sent his guys out first defensively to uh, to rattle Ben to see if he's really calmed down now. But I thought Ben came out and kept his uh, composure, dumped off, handed the ball off to Parker, and and marched his team down the field and did what we were supposed to do. He actually uh, almost scored if they didn't um, if he didn't get that knee down and Connors didn't make that challenge. So I thought uh, it could have been a could have been a mind game, but I thought Ben came out and handled it well. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I think Ben definitely played you know a very very good game. He could have you know actually could have been the Super Bowl MVP. And I always say to people, you know, it's just about, I don't care if it's if it's life, business, whatever. You know, most of the times when you're successful at anything in this world, you don't do it by yourself. You know, San Antonio, you know, Antonio Holmes. Okay, San Antonio is the MVP, but he didn't throw the ball to himself. You know, he didn't block for himself. You know, he was a part of something, but you can only pick one. And very easily, I think it could have been co-MVPs. I I, I really thought that Ben deserved to be co-MVP in that game yesterday. I mean, Monday, on Sunday night. That would have been a good thing to do. I don't like a lot of times when quarterbacks get it because they're supposed to throw the ball, but I tell you the, the maturity of Ben Roethlisberger and the confidence he has in his teammates. You know the play before San Antonio scored, he threw it to him in the end zone and he dropped it, but he goes right back to him, uh, having that confidence in his guy and throw it back to him. I thought that was maturity on his part and not, and not second-guessing, do I want to get it to him or do I want to try something else? Well, but, let um, me ask you this. Cody, you Cody mentioned that, but, but, but you mentioned that. Maybe San Antonio should have caught that, but 
that was would have been a great catch. That wasn't an easy catch. I mean, the, the man is no. obviously gifted, you know, to jump up, have his body turned, you know, and try to pull that down. But that wasn't like a drop. I wouldn't call that a drop. Even though it went through his hands, you know, that was some amazing athletic ability to even get yourself in a position to try to catch that ball. Right. Even if he does come down with the ball, he grabs the ball, he still has to get his two feet in because he was, he was in an awkward position. So he had to come down with his feet in. And um, that would have been an outstanding play in itself. But, you know, he dropped it and Ben Roxburgh go right back to him. That's just the confidence these guys have in his team. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know, it, it's the thing, like you said, like you said about the maturity of Ben. I think that that entire Pittsburgh Steelers team has, has matured um, over the season. As the season progressed, they gained confidence in themselves. You know, they got over some things. And, you know, I heard that the coach has been pretty rough on them. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, everybody wasn't sold on the fact that Tomlin was the coach and not Ken Wisenhunt. Uh, but they really came together as a team and, and played as a unit. And they played a hell of a ball game, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, when you look at them, they deserve to win that football game. They made plays when you needed to make plays. Uh, I told you, I, I played, in, and you've heard me say this many times, the drive, but it seems like more and more, you know, teams are going out on the field, particularly the offensive side of the bar. They're going out and they're driving the ball down the field. You know, we were we were uh, blamed for playing a, a prevent defense, but y- you know this, Kwame. The only prevent defense is when, you know, the ball is on, like, the other team's 20 and they got to go 80 yards and, and, right. and all the safeties back way up. But other than that, there is no such thing as a prevent defense. Will you kind of explain that to people so they understand that people aren't playing a prevent defense unless it's the last play of the game and the other team is trying to throw a Hail Mary. But every other defense that we play, we're trying to get the ball. We're trying to get the ball, and we still playing safety-wise. You're still playing your normal 12. You might, you might do 13, but what's one more yard? It's not like it's 15, 20 yards, and that's a prevent. But you're still trying to get the ball in the final seconds. If you get the ball you automatically win the game right there, and that's all they needed to do. So it's not a prevent where you could throw in front of me and march your way down the field with a minute a minute and a half left. That's plenty of time for a fishing offense to work their way downfield. So it's not a prevent. It's just that these guys on the other side of the ball made plays. They made plays when they have to. There's a, there are defenses that allow certain plays. If you're in the cover three, you can allow the out route because you you playing your guys. If you're in the cover one, you playing them inside. You get playing him outside, you know, you got to safety inside. So you're going to allow that slant, and if he's able to get that slant in, then you got to come down and make a play. If certain defense allowed where you you were allowed to make a play in. So it's not a prevent. Prevent, like you said, you got your guys way back, and it's a Hail Mary. But um, it, these guys are still out there playing. And i go back a little bit on what you said as far as Mike Tomlin. Everybody make a, make noise about Ken Winsley Hunt bringing the discipline. And, I'm, and he did a great job bringing discipline to this Arizona Cardinals team. But he, Mike Tomlin does the same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers all, already had an identity. They all, it was already have veteran players over there. But Mike Tomlin is still on what he brings. That's his team. He's the head coach. So you can talk about what the Steelers have, but it was something that they saw him the hardest guy, and that's why Ken Wisenhunt didn't get the job. That's why he's in Arizona. Mike Tomlin bought what he had and what he had to keep this team and get this team in the playoffs. And he did a great job in his two-year tenure there so far. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, not the first African-American coach because Tony Dungy already did that, but the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl, you know, and that that says something in itself, too, because now it used to be a thing where you had to have the older coach who who had all these years of experience under his belt uh, and, you know, kind of a father figure. 
But it seems like now the tide has changed a little bit, and they're looking at a different kind of coach. Yeah, you know, Mike Tomlin comes from under uh, Tony Dungeon. He's a disciple of this guy, and that cover two, that, that cover two defense, that aggressive style defense. But if you, if you get a, a young guy, when do you get a young guy? Uh, you're not getting those 65 year old guys who who may be there three years. That the players themselves are 23 to uh, 30 years old. You got to get somebody you can relate to, and you can relate to a guy that's 36 years old who's been there in the fire, who has a mindset. And then if you win these games, you had this guy for. Five to ten years. Pittsburgh only had three coaches in their existence, and these guys are successful. And Mike Tomlin has a great start into his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, world champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's that time we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after this message. Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'm just here happy today because I'm telling you what, I, I saw some great football. Not some good football, but some great football. Got Kwame Lasseter here on the line with me. Kwame, I just want to thank you and welcome you because I know you've been uh, now on the Voice America Network for at least a couple weeks. And there's some other guys out there, too. We want to welcome Joe Cribbs, of course. Uh, we want to welcome Jeff Nixon, uh, Mark McMillan. Uh, Fred Barnett, and, and we, we just got so many guys on, on Voice America Sports now. It's just uh, it's unbelievable, but it's it's something that I'm happy about. Of course, we've always had my boy Owen Hodge, you know, and they bring it to you with a different kind of flavor, but we enjoy that flavor. Sometimes it's strawberry, sometimes it's chocolate, but they got it going on. But, Kwame, let me just change up a little bit and, and ask you something because, you know, the Arizona Cardinals now, are a team that will not sneak up on anybody again. All that's over with. I think they've established themselves in the last two years as a team that should be reckoned with. But they've got some things they've got to address in the offseason. Do you think the guys, you know, are to the point where they want to make the sacrifices that they might have to make in terms of some of the people up for free agency to stay with the team? Or you think they might take that opportunity to take the money and run? You know, I think um, the Arizona Cardinals has set a barometer for themselves now. They got a platform where they can build from. These guys got into the Super Bowl. I know, and you know, you play the game. All you have to do is get into the playoffs and play some consistent football, and and then luck takes its place. You can get into the Super Bowl. The Arizona Cardinals finished nine and seven. So, who's to say they're not going to be there next year? I mean, we can't look that far into the game. You, you mentioned earlier on your show that we have to wait till next Super Bowl to see how it goes down for another great game. They finished nine and seven, so they're gonna play teams that's nine and seven, eight, eight and eight. They're gonna play those teams, and those will be teams they should be able to beat. They playing in the NFC West, which I still think they are the favorite in this conference to um, beat the San Francisco, to beat the Seattle, the, the St. Louis Rams. They can beat these teams. So what they need to do, and you mentioned, I think they have to sign those guys who want to be here. If they can't sign these guys, don't go out and get a big-name guy just because his name. You go out and get a guy who fits in the puzzle, who fits in the scheme of things, who understands his role. You have to be successful. You cannot take a step down after being an NFC champs, winning your, winning your division, being NFC champs, and going to the Super Bowl. And then they got in the Super Bowl. They played with Paul. They made enough plays. They made enough plays to win a football game. But at the same time, you make mistakes in football games that can hurt you in, in the end, and you can lose a football game. So the ownership, I think, needs to go out and sign these guys who want to be here. Take care of the in-house stuff you need to take care of. Don't make it so public, although we're going to find out sooner or later. Take care of those who want to take there. So your image, you change the image of guys wanting to be there or guys coming through there just to get numbers on the table and going elsewhere. Well, let me say some. Last week it was LT. You know, last week uh, I said a few things, and I was wondering if the public, how come there was no outrage as to the way 
that the Chargers were approaching LT situation, whereas last year when it was Brett, and Brett approached the situation a little different than the Green Bay Packers might have liked it. Uh, now you got a situation with Kurt Warner. Is is Kurt supposed to? Should he get all the time he wants and deserve to make up his mind if he comes back or not? Or is he supposed to let the Arizona Cardinals know right away what he's going to do? Because you got somebody waiting, you know, waiting there. At least I think he's waiting. I don't know what he's waiting for because he he shouldn't be the quarterback. But you got you got Matt Liner sitting there, you know. So so what is Kurt Warner, in your opinion? What should he do, or does he have to do something? I think, in my opinion, no. Kurt Warner, he he's he said and done all he need to do to let the Arizona Cardinals know, or any other team that's listening know. And I really don't think. Let me add that right quick. That I think I think he wants to be here. He don't want to move his family in and out. But he's said and done everything he's supposed to do. A year ago, a year or two ago, when Matt Liner was projected as starting quarterback, and they had this issue with Kurt Warner as a backup. And Kurt Warner made it known publicly that I want to be the starter. I want a fail shot going into camp to be the starting quarterback. So they throw Matt in there. Matt gets hurt. Kurt comes in, and the team responds immediately to this guy. They're moving the ball up and down the field. It's a different guy in the game with Kurt Warner and whether it's Matt Liner in the game. Kurt is the team, Kurt is the team leader. He's a team quarterback. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's an NFL MVP. He's been there, done that. So what this guy does now, what the Arizona Cardinals do now is – after an emotional week or emotional week and a half being in Tampa planning the biggest game we have on our stages, you give it a week and you bring this guy in right now and see what it's going to take to get done. And I'm thinking of a decent, a decent, respectable two-year deal. And then in this draft, you find your quarterback. Because I don't think Matt Lana want to play. He hasn't played 16 NFL football games in the four years he's been here. And he's a first-round pick, drafted 10th in the first round. So, what do you do? You, I don't think you do a Brett Favre situation because you have to rebuild. Brett Favre just got his feelings hurt. Brett Favre, every year, why the Green Bay did him that way? Every year, he's saying, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. You don't make decisions right after an emotional game. That's why we have reporters come in 15, 20 minutes after the game so we can calm our head now. Brett Favre makes this decision every year. He's not going to play. I don't think the Jets going to do this and let him wait around. But as far as Kurt Warner is concerned, you take a week or two, and then we move on into getting you back on this team, getting your contract settled, because you made it known that you want to play here. But now you're saying all the right things so, the, so it don't look like you're putting pressure on an organization of the Arizona Cardinals. Well, let me, uh, now that we, uh, since we're on Kurt Warner, let me just make, make a, a comment and, and let me ask a question. And perhaps maybe you'll give an answer to this question. And that is, you know, many people were going into this game saying that if Kurt Warner won the Super Bowl, he definitely was a Hall of Famer. He did not win the game, but I thought he, he performed very well. What's your opinion in terms of is Kurt a Hall of Famer now? You know what? I, I thought about that myself. I thought if he wins the if he wins this Super Bowl and taking a team like Arizona Cardinals, and let me throw all the dramatics to it, he's taking the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl. Before even that, this guy was a Iowa bomb star. He was packing groceries. He was bagging groceries. He had to go over to the World League. He was with Iowa Ballstorm. Then he get his shot in St. Louis, learned that program, learned that system, takes those guys to the Super Bowl. Now, you mentioned no, no quarterback does it on, on their own. He, has, he had weapons around him. He had a receiving core that, that we couldn't stop. Any guy you line up against was the, was the better receiver in that, on that field or on that team. But I thought about if Kurt Warner wins this Super Bowl, he's going into the Hall of Fame. If he loses the Super Bowl, 
in five years, if you after five years he retired, he might not be on that first ballot, but he's getting in because of everything from the time he starts was making more dramatic, what makes it a great story. And the National Football League, they love a great story when they put guys on different pedestals. And in the five years, he might not be on that first ballot, but I think eventually Terry Warner gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I, and I, and I like the way you said that because, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, we all sit on ours, and I'm sitting on mine right now too, uh, you know, there is a reason why Chris Carter is not in the Hall of Fame. And I, and I think, you know, again, not calling Chris out because Chris's story is Chris's story. Chris has told the world about his story. But Chris had a, a few adversities off the field that I think has prevented him uh, from going into the Hall of Fame. But Kurt Warner has that feel-good story. And the NFL always needs that feel-good story. They're looking for those feel-good stories. And I think Kurt Warner you know, definitely has one of those. I would hope that he would come back. The only thing that would would probably, um, in my opinion, stop him from coming back is this: he would go out on a high note. If he were, if he were to retire this off season, you know, this this is um, you know, almost winning the Super Bowl is a very high note for him. Taking his team and turning it around it, that would be a very good way to end his career. Going into next year, you know, there's always there's no guarantees. And he could possibly get hurt because Kurt, for some reason or another, we know he doesn't. He's not the most elusive quarterback, so he gets he gets hit a number of times. He could possibly get hurt. So, and I do remember, if you remember that Jet game when Anquan got hit, that did come to his mind how violent this game was, and he was considering retiring even after that. So, I I think it's certainly something that he might consider. But you but you brought up something else I want to talk about, and that is his supporting cast now. One thing about it, he had the greatest show on turf when he was in St. Louis. And you might as well bring that, you know, right back because he's got, you know, again, another greatest show on turf right here in Arizona. Anquan, can we keep Anquan? Can we keep him here and keep him happy? You know what? We can. We can. And Anquan wants to be here. A lot of a lot of guys, I don't think it's about the money. Make me feel like you want me here and make it, and make it a, a win-win situation for both of us. A lot of guys don't want to leave and travel and do all this when they're comfortable right at home. Anquan is still on the contract, might I add. Yes. So they don't have to do anything, but if, we don't know the ins and outs of what they promised this guy after two years or after three years. He's still on the contract. Uh, I mentioned earlier on the show, on my show, that uh, when me and Ant was talking, this guy, um, he, he, every guy every year can come up and say, I want more money because they saw another guy gets a decent contract. But if you signed your contract and you and you content with that and you happy with it and you signed it, you got to honor that. But if, if the organization promised you something else, then you go back into it. But I thought he was very professional and and letting that stuff during the season, let it side, put it to the side and play football because he was hurt about four or five games due to no fault of his own. But it's a physical game. He got hurt and knocked out. He did have hamstring problems, but he's on the contract. He can come back and play. And I think the Cardinals can do that. And, and and mentioning Kurt Warner, if Russ Grimm come back, get that offensive line because you mentioned he's not the most elusive quarterback we have in our league. But you got Russ Grimm coming back. You have another year with one of the top court, uh, offensive line coaches in the game. You, you build that strength with that offensive line, keep Kurt protected, don't have him on the ground so much. Then you got Anquan, Steve Breston, Larry Fitzgerald, which is the greatest show in turf in Arizona. Well, hey, you, you, you picked that out right. You know, there's no doubt about it. Those are some 
uh, some factors that certainly should come into the picture and, and should be taken into consideration. But I think the most important thing that you mentioned there, and, and everybody should know this in the event they don't know it, is that he is still under contract. And, and, and perhaps maybe he should have had that clause in there that perhaps if it's something would happen, that someone else would become uh, get a raise that I would remain the highest paid receiver on the team. Maybe that's a clause he was missing, but it seems like something that he's shooting for. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. we got to take a break. We're in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back after this message. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Videos de aprendizaje de inglés. Máxima calidad. Nunca escucharás a alguien vendiendo educación en la calle. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Yes, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And I've been really enjoying myself here. Fan Man, I know you're out there. Shout out to Fan Man. Fan Man, of course, will be back with us. But I just want to tell those of you out there, I, you just got to know, you know, I was down at the Super Bowl. So many guys were there because there were a number of different events that were going on, not only just the game, but there are so many other things that are going on. And Guy Troop and Troop 21 did an excellent job with uh, the Player Network event. It was an opportunity for players, both current and former, uh, to come in and, and have the opportunity to mix and mingle with corporate America. Now, one thing you'll find about pro football players, they are not afraid of any man across the line of scrimmage with a uniform on. 
But when you put them in a corporate environment, they're a little nervous. Now, they're not afraid, but they're a little nervous because that is that takes them out of their element some place of which they haven't spent a lot of time into and they have to make an adjustment. And at some point in time, you go through a transition where you transition into a professional outside of the world of sports. And so a lot of that business was taken care of down there. And, and there were some good friends down there. I saw Felipe Sparks down there. I saw my good man, Jimmy with the personality, Jimmy Williams, who's still out there with the Houston Texans. And Jimmy, man, shout out to you because I know you're going to be on the network soon. And a lot of these guys I hope to have here join us at Voice America Sports, you know, uh, I was happy to see Felix Jones, a rookie, preparing himself for the transition because you can only be one injury away. And down there with them Cowboys, you never know. You better watch it, Felix. They might not, you know, give you all that protection, that running game you're looking for. But <laughs> but also uh, Greg Harrell. And, and, man, it was good to see Greg. Greg got a great product out there, you know. And uh, and then also uh, I ran into uh, Galen Duncan. And, and, and Dr. Duncan, I might add, is the uh, – director senior director of player development for the detroit lions so uh i know they're going to get that thing turned around up there in detroit but i just want to let you folks know that if you ever get a chance to go to the super bowl you got to go you got to do it this game it's a once in a lifetime thing to get to a super bowl but just think you could have been at this particular super bowl and saw one of the greatest games there ever was so don't ever pass out on that opportunity if it's presented to you we're, we focus here a lot on the Arizona Cardinals and and you know I'm just thinking about the Arizona Cardinals next year and I'm hoping that they do all the right things to keep this team together you know this is this is a team there's so many interesting stories you know uh, a lot of times you can go out on NFL.com perhaps maybe or one of the other websites and you can read up on players and, and find out about their background and and find out they're, they're human beings like you and I, and, and, and they have, you know, stories to their lives. And, you know, Kurt Warner is a, a great story. You know, Dockett is a, is a great story. There are so many great stories, and, and these people are just human beings like you and I who've just been blessed with extraordinary talent to play football. And I'm just happy to have played the game, you know, at some point in time in my life, and now I get to talk about it. I get to watch these games, go to these games, watch them play, and, and talk to these guys about football. And there are many guys. When I mentioned, uh, you know, Jimmy Williams, you know, who was who was down there, and, and I mentioned uh, Felix Jones, who, who, I, who I saw down there, and then also got a chance to, of course, uh, some players that played during my generation, you know, Jerry Rice, you know, got a chance to talk to Jerry. Uh, you know, Sean Gale, got a chance to talk to Sean Gale. Uh, you know, and, and, and talk to some of the other younger players, too, you know. Um, uh, it's just a matter of, Man, you know, you wish you, even if you played it and your playing time is over with, you would still want to play in the Super Bowl. If, if you played in two, three, four, five, like Jerry played in, you still want to play in another Super Bowl. You know, if you did your best, you're happy you did your best. If you didn't do your best, you, man, I wish I could go back and play in another one. But when you got the young players that haven't got a chance to play in the Super Bowl yet, you know, like Felix, you know, to be there as a participant is not the same thing to be at a Super Bowl as a current player, and to be a fan. And I could see it during the times that I interviewed these guys and, and talked to them about what they're doing in their lives now. They were frustrated. They were frustrated in the fact that they now had to be fans of other teams. They now were reduced to being a fan. And why be a fan when you're a football player? When you're a current football player, you should never be a fan. But that's what happens when you don't make the Super Bowl. At some point in time, if you're watching a game, 
I know you got friends on both sides of the ball, but you become a fan. And wow, that's a terrible feeling to be a current player and watch people, you know, hopping and jumping and screaming and yelling for somebody else when they could be doing that for you. Because you've seen them do that for you during the regular season. And I just want you folks to know that I could see the emotion and hear the emotion in the voices of the players when I when I talk to them in terms of what they had to do next year to get their teams in a position to win the Super Bowl, certainly to play in it, but to win the Super Bowl. And everybody is committed. That's why I told Guy, man, it's, it's very hard to run an event like you do and to get players ready for transition, even though you have to do that because players live a dual life. You know, you, you're always, you've always been a student athlete, so then you just become a business person who has two businesses, football and whatever else you're transitioning into uh, for once football is over with. But they're ready to go back, go back, go to the weight room, get ready, get ready for next year's football season. And that's what makes, you know, the game when you see it today is so much different than it used to be because guys are, you know, doing it year round. They're not taking, you know, three, four months off vacation and then going back. No, they're doing it year round. They they are some of the biggest, strongest, fastest, healthiest men, mean men. <laughs> we saw the play uh, my man Harrison made in, in the Super Bowl, which he was uh, uh, given a fifteen yard uh, unsportsmanlike penalty. Uh, but aggressive men, very very aggressive. Football is a very violent game, and it's a uh, it's amazing to see these men, uh, you know, who play this game today and love it the way they do. You know, and play with the passion that they play with. And, you know, who knows? I talked about next year. Who do you think will be in the Super Bowl next year? You know, there are 32 teams out there, you know, and and they all start off, you know, in the same place, undefeated. But but who ultimately will be that team to make it to the Super Bowl next year and, and to win it? I don't know. You know, I wish I had if I, uh, you know, I guess you can do that in Vegas. Can't you do that? You can go out to Vegas right now. And and the odds are I would assume that the odds would probably certainly be in favor. Well, not in favor, but the best money would probably be, you know, Detroit Lions. You know, somebody should just go and just put whatever you got. You got that uh, disposable income. Put it on the Detroit Lions. (laughs) You're probably going to lose it. But there's also a chance that you, you, you could win something. But I doubt if that's going to happen. But, hey, who who's going to be the favorite team to win the Super Bowl next year? I don't think it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't think. It, now, it could be. Who knows? Tom Brady's going to come back. Is Tom Brady going to come back? What's going to happen with Castle? Suppose he's having a good season. Are they going to compete? I mean, it depends upon how bad Tom's knee is. We don't know. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen there. Is Eli going to come back strong? Is Peyton going to come back strong? Yeah, we don't know. Is Donovan going to compete for his job in Philadelphia for the starting quarterback? What's going to happen there? You know, we don't know. The Miami Dolphins, you know, one of the surprise teams of the year. Buffalo Bills started out early and then kind of ran out of steam. What's going to happen up there in the, in the soap opera drama, you know, with the Jets? The Baltimore Ravens and Flacco look very good. You know, I wouldn't count them out for next year. Cincinnati Bengals. They're the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cleveland Browns, they're the Cleveland Browns. We, we, you never know what to expect with them. The Carolina Panthers, chance, possibility. Tennessee Titans, uh, Jeff Fisher, if, if, Jeff, man, come on. 
You got to do it, Jeff. If if you don't do it, Jeff, I think next year I I think you're out of there. You know, uh, it just you know it can only give you so many chances. You know, Denver. What's going to happen with Denver? You know, is Denver going to turn things around? New situation up there. New situation, Kansas City. What's going to happen in Kansas City? The Raiders. I mean, the Raiders for some reason are the one of you know America's teams, and you just never know. There's a lot of things we don't know. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, huh? Yeah, what America? <laughs> Not the Voice America sports team, but you are listening to Voice America sports, and my time is up. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network without the number one co-host, the world fan man, but he will be back to join us. I hate to say this, but as always, I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.